This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers. And now keeping himself with Martinez 5. He is going to be in. Touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge. Runs in from 15 yards out. Tie the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything going on in Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Three sets one over the Florida Gators. Now. Shoots the three. Got it. Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land. And a good time was had by all. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLI and Husker Hour. A championship edition as the Husker baseball team is taking a victory lap this weekend here at Haymarket Park. They uh, they shut out Michigan 1-0 last night. They've got another one today and hopefully another one on Sunday to round out the regular season. But, of course, last Sunday... Caleb, they ended up Big Ten champions with a weekend to spare after <laughs> going 4-0 and in the Bloomington pod, uh, getting a, a couple from Ohio State and a couple from Indiana, and uh, they are Big Ten champions for the first time since 2017. Yeah, you weren't sure going into the weekend how everything was going to go for sure, um, but you started out with a win over Indiana, and you thought, okay, things are going well. Then you get down 9-2. to two, to Ohio State in the noon game Saturday, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, I, I don't know how things are really going to go, but then over the last couple innings, storm back, get an 11-9 win. You're like, all right, how much juice is left for Indiana in the nightcap? And then you come out, get an, a stellar pitching performance, get nine innings. Dang near a complete game shutout, Once one pitch away from a shutout. Yeah, which was right there. Mm-hmm. It was just the solo home run in the ninth inning. But yep. you get a 3-1 win and then just pummel Ohio State on Sunday. Once you have done the math and you know if you win and Michigan loses, you're Big Ten champions. Now, there was some weird stuff with the Big Ten and all of that. Uh, to say the least. but Very on brand for this conference, though. At the end of the day, Nebraska is Big Ten champions. And that's where we are today. And then you come out and wonder, well, how much are they going to put into the Michigan series? And you get another great pitching performance. And you have the bullpen come in and pick things up. You get a one nothing win to start out the weekend with Michigan. Like you're you're taking on a regional um caliber team. This is this is the caliber of team you're likely to see as a two three seed. And you came out and, and, and did fantastic yesterday. Carrying that momentum forward. We'll see if they can do that today. And then hopefully tomorrow, there is some some weather in the forecast for tomorrow. Uh, so they are moving Senior Day, those festivities, up to today. So if anyone's hoping to see those and they've got tickets um, for today and tomorrow and they wanted to see some of that stuff, uh, you're maybe want, maybe going to want to get to the ballpark a little earlier. Yeah, the release says 11.20 a.m. is when those festivities will begin. So get there Plenty early. The game starts at noon. All three of these games this weekend uh, are noon first pitches, so you'll hear pregame right here on KLIN starting at 11.30. Yeah. Uh, but but the, uh, the Senior Day festivities are going to be moved to today starting at 11.20, uh, and hopefully they get that game in tomorrow. Um, Something we didn't, I, I guess I didn't mention on the game yesterday was uh, we had an immaculate inning. Yes. The first inning after having clinched the Big Ten Championship. And and then your guy Cade Povich, Bellevue West, no mm-hmm. big deal. Yeah, goes out there one two three one two three one two three, and only one of them was even, was even contacted. I believe it was one one foul ball by the third batter mm-hmm. on the second strike. To put into perspective how difficult that is in Major League Baseball, 
there are more no hitters yeah. all time than there are immaculate innings. In an immaculate inning, nine nine pitches, nine strikes, three strikeouts. Like that, that's very very difficult to do. No, because no I, called balls, no no fouls with two strikes. Yeah, because because yeah, at some point some guy can just foul something off, and, and you got to throw a fourth pitch to him, right? Um, or you just miss the zone, and he takes. You have to hit the zone and get them swinging. And I mean, he, he came out and did that, and it looks so good that that's yes, that that set the tone for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And to be fair to Michigan, I mean they they did what they needed to do to win that game, like right. You hold Nebraska to just one run, a team that's been, you know, at times been able to put up crooked numbers in those early innings and just get out and, and hide, go away and hide. But Michigan has a legit frontline starting pitcher as well in Steve Hajar. Mm-hmm. He, he was 4 0 coming into the game, uh, had gone at least five innings every single game this year. Mm-hmm. And so that's a legit frontline starter. He's a lefty. It's helpful, I thought, to, to still see that level of pitching on this last weekend that technically doesn't mean anything, but really it does in terms of seeding. Mm-hmm. And and so to to have that matchup and to know that you were going to have to scratch and claw and, and, and find a way to get something on the board and to do it the way they did with basically advancing on a little dribbler away from the catcher, not I, I guess technically it would be considered a pass ball, but mm-hmm. it's not like it got all the, way, all the way to the backstop. Schwellenbach on it moves over, and then Roskin with a little dribbler through the infield gets him home. So uh, th- that's all it took offensively. You could be a little critical of the offense, having only put up one run, because you would think in a regional setting where you face these kinds of arms, you're going to have to score more than once. Mm-hmm. You don't expect Cade Povich or Chance Roche to be able to go out there and spin a shutout. But it's still... It's still indicative of where this program is, where they're they're finding ways to win no matter what it looks like. If the offense is going to only put up one run, all right, let's go, pitching staff. You're going to have to put up a zero. And that's exactly what they did yesterday. And Michigan did threaten as well. There, they had, there was a ball hitting to right center. Ugh. Diving catch was missed, and this guy from Michigan is wheeling to turn a double into a triple. Yep. And the relay that Nebraska has, you can tell how well coached and how well practiced this team is because we saw a fantastic relay a week ago um, where Schwellenbach from first base is all of a sudden the relay guy. Mm-hmm. And then you see the relay last or yesterday. You, you hose down the guy at third, and now there's no more threat from Michigan. You let a guy get a fantastic hit, mm-hmm. and then there's no threat on the base path. Yep. And there would have been, it would have been a runner on third, one out. Yes. Which... High percentage play in terms of getting the run in. All you need is a sack fly or something through the infield. So that was, yeah, that was the defensive play of the game. And it came shortly after Nebraska had taken the lead and that preserved the shutout for the staff as well. Um, so Cade Povich, great, great finish to the regular season for him and perhaps could be the last time Huskers see him. Uh, here in Lincoln as well. He and Schwellenbach are, are certainly candidates mm-hmm. to to go in the draft and and leave and, and start their professional careers. Um, and and obviously the, all the seniors that are going to be playing their last games this weekend uh, as well. That that is part of the appeal of of watching what Will Bolt has done because I feel like <clears throat> having come into this season knowing that he had to kind of fit some pieces together. He only had fifteen games. Last season, you were going to have to find a way here this year to blend the youth with the experienced guys, 
You were going to have to find the right formula for the bullpen. And Will Bolt did exactly that mm. uh, to, to, you know, to the tune of a conference championship here in his first year. And the way that I think people thought uh, you would have Scott Frost come in and grab the, grab the bull by the horns. It's not. It's not the same thing. Don't don't misunderstand me. It's not like you're you're looking at a college World Series participant every other year in Big Ten baseball because you're not. Big Ten baseball is a different animal than Big Ten football. But this was what folks were dreaming about when Frost came from UCF, having turned them around from mm-hmm. zero and twelve to thirteen and zero in two seasons. Darren Erstad didn't have this program at an zero and twelve level, certainly, mm-hmm. but. He'd only made the regionals a handful of times. He had the one conference championship. And Nebraska wants to be able to be in regionals every year, maybe host, and and get to that second weekend, and maybe get back to Omaha. And the fact that Bolt has been able to do what he's done as quickly as he's done it is pretty intoxicating to Nebraska baseball fans because he's he's got... He's got a a way about him. Like I think the press conference question was, uh, "What's your style going to be?" And his his answer was, "It's going to be a winning style." He doesn't care. It's the gritty right. over pretty. All the different you know watchwords and and cliches that you want to throw out about him, um, they came true. And and it's it's a pretty exciting time for Nebraska baseball fans. It is, and 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 to the point of because there have been there were so many comparisons last um, last weekend, especially after the championship, and then throughout the course of this week. Um, for Bolt to Frost to Hoiberg. And the biggest thing is that all three of those programs are in very different places, and Big Ten baseball is not at the level of Big Ten football or men's basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, Hoiberg came in, and that was an entire roster flip, so you don't know what you're going to get out of it. You have some decent expectations this coming year with so many guys coming back, so we're going to have to see what happens there. Um Brought in Shannon Lum, by the way. Yes. Um, Asian American Pacific Islander descent. Uh, first uh, woman of that descent in the country. Just the second woman in the country to hold that recruiting coordinator title. So fantastic news there. Mm-hmm. Um, Going to be looking at the transfer portal. I'm excited to see what Lum can do with that. Yeah. Um, but then on the the football side of things, Frost inherited a mess, and he he admitted it that it was it was worse than what he expected when he got here. It, he's got. Does anyone on this roster even remember going to a bowl game? That's a very different scenario than this baseball team where there were guys that were on the conference championship team. Mm-hmm. Like there, there, there is still success lingering from Darren Erstad with this Nebraska baseball team. This team was, what, an out away from getting to a super regional? Yeah. So that's a very, very different situation in a sport that is not at the same level within this conference. Like, not to diminish winning the Big Ten title at all. What I'm saying is the comparisons, it, it's, the, it's, the, it's apples and oranges and bananas is what you're looking at across all three of those things. They're incomparable. Is it what you were hoping to see from the football program? Absolutely. But the build is very different between the sports in their relative positions that they were in in the last couple of years. Yes, yes. And, and look, the, the Will Bolt thing is, well, Bolt played here, Frost played here. They're both exciting young coaches. Mm-hmm. They're both on, you know, they're they're youthful and you you feel like that's a recruiting advantage because those guys played there, 
Frost won a national title. Will Bolt caught the last out to send him to a College World Series. Like, those guys learned from Dave Van Horn and learned from Tom Osborne. And, like, those are the attributes and the pedigrees that that come off as as the similarities. And, and you're right. It's Winning the Big Ten in baseball is more like the equivalent of winning the American Conference in football. Right. Because if you look at the pecking order, the Big Ten baseball – is is you know anywhere from sixth to tenth? They're they're in that tier of Big of Ten baseball. baseball is not a Power Five conference. No, it's it, not. It, if if you were to just pick your top five conferences year in and year out, it's not. Even with Michigan getting a national runner up, they had a nice run, yeah. and that's why they're technically the defending national um, runner up. Now, I will say something that Bolt is doing that Frost has not found a way to cash in on, and that is putting up a fence, putting up a wall around the state of Nebraska recruiting-wise. Mm-hmm. And not just the state of Nebraska, but the region in general. And I know that's what the football team is trying to do, but we're seeing it with the 2022 guys. Football team, they or football guys in the state, they are willing to go wherever, and they're, they're keeping Nebraska out of their top fives and their top tens. Mm-hmm. Baseball, it you, you look down those guys' finalist list or their commitments in general, Nebraska, 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 Nebraska. That's what Bolt has done. He has put up that fence because he knows what the the quality of athlete is for baseball. Now, it's still, again, that's very different. The quality of athlete for baseball is different than football across the state. Mm -hmm. Um, They're different athletes. Sometimes they're similar athletes that can play a couple of sports. But what Bolt has done is he said, these are our guys, and then we're going to go pick and choose some others. And it's looking good on those recruiting classes. It is. Uh, it's looking very good indeed. And and one uh, one note, real quick. They weren't an out away from the super regional. They were an out away from getting to that winners bracket game. Right, 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 right. They would have had their second win, and they would have been sitting with two chances to win one game mm-hmm. to get to that super regional round. But yeah, it was it was right there for them. They they gave it up late against Oklahoma State. One other note too. Uh, we we talk a little bit about Will Bolt and his championship pedigree playing here at Nebraska. Uh, here coming up this Wednesday. June 2nd is the 20-year anniversary of that last game at Buck Belter Stadium where Will Bolt caught the last out in extra innings against Rice that sent Nebraska to their first trip to the College World Series. 20 years ago, Wednesday. <laughs> I wonder if he if he thought it fit, you know, if you talk to him on Wednesday if he thinks it feels like 20 years or more or less. I'm sure that'll come up. Yeah, it it, it may. It's it's that time of year. Uh, in in the baseball world, and and that time of year comes in earnest on Monday because at eleven o'clock on ESPN two, uh, the selection show will happen. Mm-hmm. That's where Nebraska will learn their tournament fate, not their tournament fate, but their their regional destination at the very least. Right. And so you'll find out: is Nebraska going out west? Is Nebraska going down south? Texas, Arkansas, um, Gonzaga, or Oregon? Those are all possible sites for Nebraska to be headed to uh, when they get this regional round underway, and that will be found out in just a couple of days. But hopefully you still get two more chances to see them, uh, one for sure today, and then hopefully weather holds off for tomorrow. Right. Uh, both of those games are at noon. Today you'll have Chance Roche. Tomorrow it says TBA in the release, probably because the, uh, the weather is TBA. Uh, but uh, today the Senior Day festivities start at 1120. Uh, we'll have more baseball talk just after this with Evan Bland from the Omaha World Herald. Uh, we've got some football news this week, some game times. We'll get to those, what it means, if anything. Uh, and somebody other than Nebraska is complaining, and nobody really cares. 
We'll talk about the double standard that continues to follow Nebraska football. This is the KLI and Husker Hour. More to come. Talking with current and former Huskers and those who cover the Big Red. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. Continuing on here on the the Husker Hour, Nebraska baseball in their championship swagger mode, going 1-0 yesterday with a 1-0 win. And they uh, continue with that Michigan series today to wrap it up, take their victory lap around Haymarket Park as they clinched the Big Ten last weekend. Uh, and here to help us discuss is a guy who's been following this baseball program all season long. Uh, did it last year for for just an abbreviated portion of that season and this year. Uh, the whole dang thing, just like what the Huskers won uh, this year. Evan Bland from the Omaha World Herald uh, joining us now on the Husker Hour. Uh, Evan, it's it's been a... It's been an interesting season, and they they ended up on top. Uh, I want to start with that. They were picked outside of that top six. Did you think they had something like this in them when this season began? Did you think they had something like? Well, yeah, I I, I thought the postseason was a reason a reasonable uh, outcome for this team. I mean, I did a preseason rankings. I put them third in my preseason back in early March. Um, and I, I think the more that I thought about kind of that disconnect between what the outside perception was and maybe what the more local perception was, was Nebraska had so many new faces this year relative to uh, other teams in the league. I mean, you look around, uh, especially with coming off the COVID year last year, so many rosters, you knew exactly what uh, they had back. I mean, entire rosters, most of, of other lineups were back, but you looked at Nebraska uh, and they had a guy in Cade Povich who made four starts in 2020. The rest of the rotation was going to be brand new. Uh, they had some freshmen filling in some different spots that, uh, that you just didn't know about. Guys like Max Anderson, Bryce Matthews, how would they do? What kind of roles would they have? And so I think that that's kind of where that, that maybe uh, misconception came from nationally. And again, some of the bigger outlets had Nebraska finish in seventh or eighth uh, in, in the Big Ten, too. So uh, but I think when you look more closely at it, what they actually did was address their pitching, which was their weakness last year in 2020. I mean, they had a good offense, but had that season played out, I, in my opinion, that was not a regional team because they didn't have the depth of arms to make a, a go of it in the long term. And so in the offseason, um, you know, they, they bring in Chance Roach to fill that Saturday starting spot. They overhaul the bullpen guys like Cody Frank and Jake Buns and Cam Wynn Spencer Schwellenbach was pitching for the first time so the way I saw it was they addressed areas of need and they brought back an area of strength in the offense Uh, and then you throw on top of that what the defense has done um, not only you know preventing mistakes but actively uh, you know taking away hits and runs from the opposition and boom you've got a pretty big turnaround in a Big Ten championship season. Yeah, how big has that that pitching been where you've got the last two Big Ten pitchers of the week have been Roach and Povich. Um, You obviously get the performance last week against Indiana from Roach and Povich with an immaculate inning yesterday, uh, which is just two phenomenal outings. And then you've got guys like Schwelly who's come in and got a number of saves, and he can get two saves in a weekend. You've got the bullpen that is... Um, other than just had that little stretch where things didn't go well, particularly against Rutgers, the bullpen has played extremely well. And 
with the four game weekends, you've had to see some Johnny Holstaff stuff go on. How how much has this pitching helped this team prepare for what they're going to see in the postseason and a regional setting? Yeah, it's been huge. Uh, you know, again, you look at 2020, and I think so. They played 15 games. I think the bullpen probably leads in, I don't know, five or six of those. I mean, it wasn't pretty. And so kind of that maybe the third of the way through the season when the bullpen puts up this scoreless streak of 20 plus innings, to me, that was a big moment for this team that said, okay, this was the biggest question mark going into the season. Now, suddenly this is a group that's actually an asset for Nebraska. And so, I mean, there, and there were question marks, right? I mean, you think about, uh, the preseason news that Colby Gomez, who was the closer two years ago, was out with a shoulder injury. He wouldn't pitch mm-hmm. this year. I mean, that hurts. Shea Shanneman, who was a good back-end, high-leverage arm for them, uh, last year moves to the rotation. So you're thinking, okay, you know, Spencer Schwellenbach's coming in. He hadn't done anything at the college level as far as a pitcher before. So you heard he was good, but he hadn't gone out and proved it yet. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, some of the names that I mentioned, again, guys who have come in, and just taking roles and run with them. Cody, Cody Frank's been really good. Jake Buns has been an awesome setup man. Uh, you know, Cam Wynn has been a guy that they can go to a couple times in a weekend. Um, you know, Jackson Hallmark's thrown some freshmen like Emmett Olson. Like you can kind of go down the list. And especially in a season like this, when you have these four game pods, when that depth is even more important. And like you mentioned, you get to those game fours sometimes and you might not have a guy who can give you a four or five. You have to piece it together with, a couple innings here or there. Kyle Perry coming back has been important. I think he's going to be mm-hmm. key here uh, probably next weekend for Nebraska in a regional too. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's huge. And then you, you you kind of pair that with what Cade Povich has done as a Friday guy. He gives them six or seven pretty reliably every week at this point. Chance Roach has been uh, instrumental in giving him that Saturday job. And then Shea Shanneman, in his first year as a full-time starting pitcher, has has had his ups and downs. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it gives you a little bit more of a margin for error if you're Nebraska, um, to do what you need to do. And again, heading, heading into regionals, uh, depth is the name of the game. You're going to be playing at least three games, probably four. Uh, and so you need those arms that you can trust in some of these key spots coming up. Evan Bland from the Omaha world Herald joining us here on the K-Line Husker hour covers baseball and other stuff for them. Uh, Evan, let's talk a little bit about the head coach of this program now, Will Bolt. He's come in, had that short season last year. This is his first full year as the head coach, and he goes out and wins a Big Ten title. Uh, and, and Caleb and I in the, the previous segment detailed how this is completely apples and oranges compared to what Fred Hoiberg and Scott Frost deal with in terms of Big Ten basketball and Big Ten football. Those are national power conferences, and the Big Ten baseball is decidedly not that. However... To have the success right off the bat like this, a lot of people point out the the thing with you know Scott Frost played here, Will Bolt played here. They both had you know College World Series chips and trips and national championships. Learn from Dave Van Horn. Learn from Tom Osborne. I think the comparison is more maybe to Van Horn that's more appropriate because Van Horn just came in and and put his stamp on the program and it worked really quickly. Um, what do you see from Bolt that has worked so well? Uh, just just in your interactions as a member of the media and, and seeing what he's done from, you know, even a little bit of last season to through the start of this season all the way through to this point now. Well, I mean, he's he, he's he's a coach. I mean, he's, he's a good coach, right? Like you uh, you look at his career 
he was on some of the best Nebraska baseball teams in program history. Um, but what's kind of funny about that is of those, uh, of those kind of stars on those Husker teams in the early 2000s, he's one of the very few who was not drafted and, and didn't have a pro career. And so what did he do? He immediately came back as a, as a student uh, assistant and then started working his way up the coaching ranks. I mean, immediately he got into that thing. And he's been an assistant at Nebraska at A&M. Uh, he had a, a head coaching stint at uh, Texarkana Junior College down in Texas for a time. So this is a, a situation where he's just, he's just ready for this job. And you look at what uh, you know what he's done. He's developed the talent that has been at Nebraska, and he's he's made it clear many times this isn't a rebuild because there has but there is high end talent here. He and he inherited some really talented guys: uh, Spencer Schwellenbach uh, and, and a number of the seniors that are there. Joe Acker, Luke Roskam, all these guys. Where Darren Erstad recruits, um, but what he has done with a lot of these guys is develop them and give them, given them more defined roles. You know, I think of a guy like Jackson Hallmark, who earlier this year said that he was under the delusion that he was a power hitter for two years. Uh, but what Will Bolt has done has, has, is, has, is he has given him a very specific assignment and said, you are a speed guy. We want you to get on base. We want you to steal bases, push the envelope on the base paths. And so what has he done? He's become the best bunter on the team and one of the top stolen base threats in the Big Ten. And you can kind of go through the lineup and see where he's done that for hitters. Um, and, and then you look again at last year, kind of the year one to year two thing. He took advantage of that pandemic shortened season and started recruiting guys that have been key contributors on this team in April last year when they were done playing, when they typically wouldn't be. And so when you combine the development of the high end guys that were there. And then you, you combine that with kind of flipping of the lower end of the roster where you replace guys who hadn't really contributed much at Nebraska. And you bring in a talented freshman class and a number of transfers that would address your needs. I mean, suddenly you're taken off. And then I think on top of that, he's a guy who's just always been very consistent in his messaging. Every day is important. They uh, explain why the small stuff adds up to big stuff in terms of, how they practice and and how they you know go through weightlifting and nutrition and all that stuff they believe adds up and so uh, while the comparison I know some Husker fans want to make the comparison to football or basketball the comparison I I'm interested in making and I'm going to write about this next week is what what does it look like around college baseball when some of the best coaches out there have a, a program from year one to year two and. I'll tell you, it's very similar to what Will Bolt is doing, where year one, you know, there's some success, but you're you're inheriting a team. And, and year two, I'm telling you, is when guys take off nationally. And so that's that's what's happening here. Obviously, Nebraska's postseason um, destiny hasn't been written yet. That's all still ahead. But this turnaround uh, from you know the last couple of years to where this team is now is very much on par I think with what you've seen uh, some of the better college baseball coaches in the country do in the last 20 years. So it's going to be fun to see where this thing goes. Now I've got to ask you, and there's a lot of Husker fans that have been fearful over the last week because there are a couple of coaching jobs as, that have opened up in the South and Will Bolt is having all of this success at what is not one of the top conferences in the country. What do you see as the odds of Bolt bolting um, or staying at Nebraska. I've been one of the guys who believes he's, he's staying, but there are a lot of Husker fans that are fearful of seeing those jobs open up in the South. Yeah. You're talking about LSU and, and Texas A&M. 
um, you know, I, I've actually talked to some of the beat guys down at A&M and uh, they think there's like a 0% chance that they would go after Will Bolt at this point. Um, you know, one of those reasons being, if you're going to let go of a guy and Rob Childress, who was there for 16 years and had made 13 straight regionals before this year, uh, you, you need to get a guy who's a splash established guy. And Will Bolt may very well be that guy down the road in terms of a, of a high end sort of, uh, you know, coach, but right now he's still a second year head coach at a power program uh, still early in this uh, turnaround, if you want to call it that. So I think their eyes uh, are, are on a little bit more established sort of candidates um, who are already coaching maybe in the ACC, uh, maybe the big 12, things like that. Um, and then LSU, I mean, there are reports out there that they're willing to pay, you know, a million and a half for a coach every year. And that's for college baseball. That's, that's way up there. And so I don't think if you're a program like that, you want to, to, you know, court a guy who's still just in his second year as a coach. There are a lot of other uh, successful coaches who've been, who've led teams to college world series that are going to listen to that job. So I think it's just that discussion is probably premature. Um, you know, if Will Bolt's having, this kind of success where they're making regionals and deep postseason runs in a few years. Uh, I, I think maybe then you want to start being a little bit more aware of that sort of thing. Um, but I think from a Nebraska perspective, they're probably fortunate that some of these SEC jobs are coming open and coming open now, because I just don't think Will Bolt's uh, established enough and maybe a, a, a big commodity enough on a national level uh, to warrant serious consideration right now from those programs. Now, Evan, I don't know if you've seen your email in the last couple minutes, but I've got some good news for your weekend. You do have a day off tomorrow uh, because tomorrow's game has been moved to today. Today it'll be a doubleheader here on KLIN, that first one going at noon, and then about 45 minutes after that wraps up, we'll get that second game. And the regular season will come to a close a little bit earlier than we had anticipated. So in, in, you enjoy your day off tomorrow, Evan. You know, I was celebrating uh, the last doubleheader of the header of the year last weekend. I guess that was premature. <laughs> um, but yes, today should be fun. That'll be it'll be a long, fun day of baseball, and then Sunday off's never a bad thing either. You celebrated a doubleheader and being the last one last weekend, and now you're guaranteed to get one today. And you're probably going to get one in the regional round next week. Now, well, think about just what hay- because of that. <laughs> what Haymarket Park's going to be today because the Salt Dogs are at home too. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's going to be busy, busy day. <laughs> that's over a there. packed one. That's you know, and and I need to know. I need to know better because that's like saying you know, in the fifth inning of a game, hey, this thing's really moving along. Oh like, no, you, yeah, you can't say that. So I, I shouldn't have <laughs> celebrated that. I need to learn and get better. Well, clearly nobody in the press box celebrated that yesterday because that was a tidy game time yesterday. It was what two hours twenty minutes or so. I'm sure yep. you were not. Uh, I'm sure you were not too uh, unhappy about that. So. Uh, our, games, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there have been a few of them this year. All right, Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald, done a great job uh, there covering this baseball program and uh, doubleheader today, and then a regional next week, and who knows what after that. Evan, uh, we appreciate the time, and uh, we appreciate your coverage of the program. We'll be watching uh, what happens the rest of this season. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, that's Evan Bland, and uh, I, I, one of the things Caleb that he mentioned in there that that Will Bolt told Jackson Hallmark as Hallmark was under the delusion that he was a home run hitter. Are you going to be under the delusion now that you are the power guy in our slow-pitch softball lineup after cranking one over the fence? Wind-aided. Wind-aided, I might add. Okay, I will say the the wind-aided part would aid into how far it went. (laughs) That thing felt good 
uh, that it was gone no matter where the wind was going unless it was coming in. It looked like a pretty good swing. Yeah, it, it felt all right. Yeah. I hit dingers. Yeah. Well, I think you need to give a lot of credit to Chris who told you which bat to use, too. Uh, I will not. <laughs> no, no, nothing for Chris. Nothing for Jeff. That that was not a management decision. I I shook off the sign. I I was told to take, and I said, "No, nah, I'm swinging." <laughs> Sorry, this thing's gotten out of here. Ginger Jet Larusa was upset with you. He was, um, and damaging we had, the fabric of the game. We had to play an extra inning because we were about to get run ruled, and I <laughs> I scored too many runs with one swing. That literally extended the game. Yeah. So <laughs> you you have you have you hitting bombs and me getting tagged out in the. Uh, uh, area the area the the private area to end the game at home plate which my, was my super bad fun. I, I should have just got struck out yeah but if you guys want me to 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 hit for average get on the base paths like hallmark if that's a decision for our team and, and we're gonna win a conference title i'm still gonna say no i'm swinging for the fence <laughs> fair enough well we'll we'll see where your game takes you i think uh, a little bit more coaching doesn't hurt anybody um, that was good with Evan Bland. Uh, we will have more on baseball. Again, the breaking news, it's a doubleheader today, no game tomorrow. I know a few people uh, that that makes a little bit upset, but it is what it is. Tomorrow looks terrible. So, uh, More to come. We've got some football news. And uh, was there? did you catch this? There was a FOIA request granted in the world of Big Ten football, and some of the revealings were obvious and yet still pretty stunning that nobody (laughs) on the college football media landscape has said anything about it. Uh, We'll tell you what we're talking about when we come back here on the KLI and Husker Hour. Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN. KLIN Husker Hour rolling along here on your Saturday morning. Evan Bland just joined us. If you missed that conversation, you can head over to the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can also hit up the Facebook page at KLIN Huskers, and you can see Evan's pretty face, Caleb and I's pretty faces, but not Kenny's because he likes to toil in anonymity (laughs) over there, pushing all the the magical buttons for us, getting this on the the air with the video. Um, One of the things that we just mentioned, if if you missed this as well, Nebraska baseball, Will not be playing tomorrow. They had already moved senior day festivities up to today. Right. Before we started the show, but now since the show has begun, they've announced today will be a double header so that they're definitely going to get those two games with Michigan in to finish up the regular season. First game is going to be at noon, and then the second game will follow shortly after the conclusion of the first game. Right. Uh, to make sure that both of them happen because tomorrow looks rough. Yeah. So you, you get an extra day of rest is, is what you're getting out of this for your team. Right. And because Monday you'll find out the, uh, your regional destination, Huskers are already in, mm-hmm. uh, clinched it with their Big Ten championship last weekend. So you just throw guys today, see how it goes. You get to your, your break before the, um, before the postseason, just a little bit earlier. Yep. I, I think I think this is a good thing. Obviously, it, it stinks for the fans um, that that we're hoping to get there for a Sunday game. But um, maybe there's there are some folks that you you get on the get on the road. You're going to go somewhere right after the game, and then because you got Monday off or something for Memorial Day, mm-hmm. um, so it just moves some moves some plans around. As always, the, this team's going to just roll with the punches and, and figure out where things are. They've had enough changes <laughs> over the course of this season, and even looking back to last season, that yeah. I think they're going to be okay today. I'm interested to see how it goes in the doubleheader format for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have Chance Roche going to be starting one of those games. 
for sure, uh, according to the media release from earlier in the week. And then you would think either Shea Shannon, maybe Kyle Perry, who's also started uh, on a couple of these four-game weekends right. uh, since his return from Tommy John surgery. Tom, Tommy, is it? Tommy John. Not not Jimmy. Not Jimmy John. Not Taco. Not Doctor. Not uh, Sean. Sean John. Okay. Right? I like there's, where you're there's going. A lot of, there's a lot of Johns out there. We don't want it to be in any confusion. Okay. Uh, Tommy John surgery is the the arm one, yeah. Um, so one one thing that I wanted to hit on was uh, some football news this week. We're in a little bit of a slow period for football, but uh, it's definitely going to start ramping up in terms of recruiting mm-hmm. after we get to next week's show and the weeks after that because you're going to have the dead period finally lifted. Uh, and so we will definitely talk recruiting uh, quite a bit here in the summer. But what we learned this week... Some game times. Uh, right. And uh, a lot of early morning, not early morning, but morning game times because everybody loves an 11 a.m. Not everybody, but hey, I don't mind 11 a.m. And I'm not Oklahoma's athletic director, so I really don't mind 11 a.m. <laughs> but uh, we, we can run these down a little bit for you. You got Illinois is going to be a noon central kickoff, not a big Eastern noon kickoff for Fox. It'd be 1 a.m. East, 1 o'clock Eastern, not 1 a.m., mm-hmm. 1 p.m. Um, that's the week zero game, Caleb. And then right. uh, the rest of them, you've got Fordham. That's an 11 a.m. Buffalo is a 2.30. Those are both on BTN. Oklahoma, 11 a.m. on Fox. That'll be their big noon kickoff because they're just trying to try to make that a thing. That, they, that, they've, that, they've made it a thing. I, I think, know, but like, like that's, that's their, that's their primetime one. Yep. But there are a lot of schools that are like, no, we want the, we want the night game. Give us the night game as the primetime one. And for their big noon kickoff, they don't do that. Yep. That's too bad for Oklahoma. Uh, You know, you feel the need for your athletic director to put out a statement whining about where the game time it lands. That that strikes me as something that another university that used to compete with Oklahoma on a yearly basis might be criticized for in the national media. But that's not what we're doing with Oklahoma because they're they're winning. Yeah, that, that's what it comes down to. Same thing with Ohio State. If you, if your program's in a winning position, you uh, you escape a lot of the criticisms. The the other the other game times announced. You got Northwestern Nebraska. That's six thirty p.m. Uh, that's the homecoming game. Actually, we don't know TV for that yet. Uh, and then Iowa Nebraska. That'll be a twelve thirty kickoff. Uh, for Big Ten Network, those are the six. Yeah, the Black Friday game. You know, yep. But back on Black Friday, where it belongs. Well, let's go back a little bit to this Oklahoma thing and and the 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 double standard thing. It's fine if you want to criticize somebody for something and not criticize somebody for something else, but at least be honest about the reason. Mm-hmm. Because this come this comes up with the other bit of football news that comes out this week that relates to the Big Ten. Right. Uh, but this isn't about future games. This is about what happened last year mm-hmm. when we were trying to figure out what the heck the Big Ten was going to do with their football schedule. And you know a lot more of the details about this probably than <laughs> I do because you've poured through all of it. But the the Freedom of Information Act requests were granted for uh, some folks who were looking into this. You've got emails, you've got text messages between administrators at Big Ten schools with the commissioner's office, and it basically tells you that, no, Nebraska was not the only one who was looking at playing an independent schedule if the Big Ten wasn't going to play football. Mm -hmm. 
none other than the pretty boy of the conference and the playoff participant that you changed the rules for at the 11th hour to make sure they could get into said playoff, the Ohio State Buckeyes. They were wanting to play it too, but nobody cares because they're winning. Right. And it's all after the fact because Nebraska somewhat put it out there publicly. Yeah, so that was a dump of there was there was a few thousand pages um, in that report. I did not go through all of them myself. I enjoyed the reporting of a number of other people yeah. that had gone through and they did the work on this. Uh, but yeah, you see in there with the text messages that that Ohio State is talking about can they play an independent season because Nebraska is exploring it. It's because of what Nebraska was doing that Ohio State said, "Hey, wait, can we do that too?" Um, you saw that there were text messages and, and emails saying, well, Kevin Warren believes the letter from Ohio State parents is, quote, manufactured. Okay. so That Ke- blew me away. Yeah, Kevin Warren is taking criticism and gets a letter from, from parents of the Buckeye football players and believes that it's fake. How does he view, then, the rest of the parents across the league or even the Nebraska football players who sued the league? It, it wasn't all just run by the athletic departments. Mm-hmm. It, it, and the rest of it is all, it's all stuff we already knew. Yeah, yeah. It, a lot of it was, you know, kind of thought to be true. This just is, you know, pretty cemented proof of it. But the fact that you have the criticism that Nebraska endured about this and the way that the perception was, well, Nebraska's not winning right now, so they can't lead on an issue like this. They can't be out in front on an issue like this because they haven't gone to a bowl game very often lately. They, you know, at that point it was just one once in 5 years, now it's been once in 6 years after the conclusion of last season. Uh, but just because Nebraska wasn't winning on a regular basis doesn't mean that they couldn't still throw their weight around a little bit because their their tradition, their their recognition of their brand, their their football pedigree does still mean something pretty clearly here. Uh, and and some of the the stuff that came out in these FOIA requests, I think Caleb prove it because, like you said, Ohio State says in some of these documentations that they're looking into this because Nebraska is mm. looking into it, and Nebraska's was publicly known, and so that gave schools like Ohio State cover to do it, and even though Ohio State is this big boy on the block, and they were thought to be the ones who could, you know, say, well, we're going to look into this because we can. No, it was Nebraska that was leading on this, but they got smacked down because of the double standard. Because Nebraska is not winning right now. Right. It doesn't matter to me whether or not whether or not you do it for one and not the other. Just be honest about why you're doing it that way. Tell people, well, Ohio State has the clout, and Nebraska doesn't. That's not even what most of these national media types are saying when they were critical of Nebraska last season. Yeah, and it's here. Here's my biggest thing. Obviously, we're talking about Nebraska because Nebraska's. Um, the school that we cover, Nebraska is the one that was in the middle of all of this. If it was Rutgers or Maryland that had done this, they're not going to get picked on by the national media as much. But I'll say this, right is right. And at the end of it, yeah. Nebraska was right. And Ohio State saw what right was, and they threw their their weight behind it. Mm-hmm. If it was Rutgers or Maryland, who's also not football powers, and said, no, we want to play some football. We're, we're going to explore going independent. Things would have looked a lot different last fall. Um, you obviously would have had some more votes go your way. And obviously it's clear on the geographically on the other side of the conference. Mm-hmm. But right is right. And I think that's what the Big Ten 
has wanted to do for so long. We talked about this a lot last fall that um, athletically, the Big Ten wants to be the SEC. Academically, the Big Ten thinks it's Ivy League. Those two things don't go together. Yeah. The Big Ten has to figure out figure out its identity. And that's something that we saw last year. We've seen it all through this year. Um, you're seeing it where Nebraska should have been playing in a conference tournament this week in Omaha. The amount of fans that would have gone up to that would have been insane. The The excitement for all of that would have been insane. But the Big Ten needs to figure out its identity, and they don't have it. The identity for the Big Ten is that they have no idea who they are other than Kevin Warren's trying to figure all of this out, and nobody trusts Kevin Warren. Um, nobody trusts, as a whole, the COPC. We've obviously got a really good representative here for Nebraska. But when you look at the whole, right is right. And it didn't matter if it was Nebraska or Ohio State or Rutgers or Minnesota or Iowa, whoever it was, right is right. And Nebraska was right last fall, and the national media didn't care. And you're seeing it here. Ohio State saw what right was, and they threw their weight behind it. And we got a season in. Yeah. And the other interesting part about this, the, the Big Ten obviously has access to all of these schools by virtue of this is the, the network that provides a lot of mm-hmm. eyeballs for the conference. This is how you get your, your, your message out there, so to speak. I wonder, too, if part of the reason why you don't have some of these national media types who not only work for places like The Athletic or Yahoo or ESPN, uh, but they also moonlight a little bit for the Big Ten Network. Mm -hmm. And you wonder if you're not being critical of a particular university because you want to maintain a better relationship with that university. You want to maintain access to that university where those those players, that coach, they're – going to be playing further into December and January because they're playoff contenders or they're going to be playing in a New Year's Six Bowl at worst. Whereas eh, if we make Nebraska mad, it's not like it's not like losing them is going to hurt us as much, even though Nebraska has a huge following, obviously. Mm-hmm. You wonder how much that factors into it too. Maybe not explicitly, but subconsciously. Just a little bit of that probably exists as well. Right. I mean, I wouldn't want to upset people who are going to hurt my access or exposure. Now, mm-hmm. here covering the Huskers, that hasn't stopped a single question I've ever asked. No. Um, from all the people that I work with, I, I don't see from any of them that it has stopped question that, questions that they've asked. These these coaches, as much as fans want us to like grill things over and over and over again. Or just straight up say... Scott, that was a terrible call on third down. Like that's not going to happen. Like they, yeah, there there are, there are ways to go about this professionally. There was yes. a, a game last year. I think it was. Uh, oh gosh, was it the Minnesota game? I explicitly asked Coach Frost after the game, "Why didn't you run the ball more?" That's right. Like, yeah, I like from, that. from the scouting report, why didn't you run the ball more? I got kind of a no, a no answer, and it, he got asked about it again in a roundabout way later. Yes. That's how this job works. Yes, we're not going to go in and just. Grill people and go, why didn't you run the ball more? Oh, we thought, but coach, why didn't you run the ball more? That's not how it works. Yeah. Now, I see what you're saying, though, with some of these national types. They're not going to even try to go down the path that they might upset someone where they want exposure for a nationally prominent team that's going to be winning late into the year and into the postseason. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Which... <laughs> that's not exactly awesome, right? It, it It is what it is because they know that they need to 
file their stories and they want to get better it's stories. dishonest it is not yeah it's 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 yeah dishonest is a good way to put it it i i said lazy a lot yeah last, that, that was a very good that was a very good word yeah you don't do your homework on this you just take it at the very surface level and run with it because you know that a lot of people who hate on nebraska anyway are going to just eat it up and love it's it it's in vogue and, to hate on Nebraska. And frankly, a lot of Nebraska fans are going to read it and hate read it and mm-hmm. hate post on it and can generate even more uh, attention on it. Right. And that just feeds into, well, hey, look at that. I got a lot of engagement on this thing that was super lazy that I did. I'm going to do more of that. Uh, and that's not great. That's not where you want to be. So the, the, the lineup of the fact that you have this Oklahoma athletic director whining about the fact that it's an 11 a.m. kickoff and they don't get a night game, and oh, we we were really pushing for these partners to do this. It's like I I'm I'm old enough to remember when Nebraska's athletic director and Nebraska's head coach said something vaguely critical of a conference, mm-hmm. and it did not go the same way it went for Oklahoma. <laughs> which I I don't know the Oklahoma thing seemed to be more crickets than anything, but uh, and you know it it is what it is and. Like we say, winning will cure everything. Adrian Martinez said this on the the podcast that he did last week with Jeff Ekstrom, the Athletes Unfiltered. Mm-hmm. Winning will fix all of it, yeah. right? Yeah. If if they win, then his time at Nebraska is going to be remembered a lot more fondly. He will he will have persevered through it. Mm-hmm. He will have fought the fight and and made it through the other end a better better person for it. And it sounds like he's a better person for it anyway, but obviously he's trying to win and and winning would make it a lot more of a fond memory for everybody involved. Right. Now, we're talking about these uh these Husker football coaches, do you want to talk Big Red Blitz now or after the break? Let's do that after the break. Yeah, Big, okay. big Red Blitz coming back. I forgot about that. That's I didn't. I wrote about it. It's at KLIN.com. You don't forget about these things. <laughs> you you have uh you have this uh right there ready to roll and you know, that's that's why they that's why they call you the sports director, Caleb. That's me. That's why I'm merely just a, a correspondent, a special contributor here. Correspondent who makes acrobatic catchers from the shortstop position. Oh, well, thank you. That's, You're welcome. I appreciated that acrobatic move better than hit, getting hit in the you-know-whats yes. there to, to end the game. <laughs> uh, you did get a comment on the Facebook Live, by the way, that you were the MVP of that game. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. so That guy doesn't know what he's talking about. but <laughs> <laughs> Back to wrap this thing up after this. This is the KLI and Husker Hour. Giving you an inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on 1400 KLIN. Wrapping up this version of the KLIN Husker Hour. This edition is uh, on the last day of the regular season for Nebraska baseball. Now, if you missed that news, uh, Nebraska is going to be playing a double header today, and the game tomorrow uh, has gotten moved to today because of the threat of inclement weather tomorrow. So Nebraska-Michigan going to play two. First game is still going to be at noon, and then that second game is going to immediately follow. Uh, so adjust your plans accordingly. Uh, if, for instance, you have tickets to Sunday's game, uh, like maybe I did you are not going oh. to be going to that game on Sunday now. You're going to be staying inside and, and painting the ceilings of your your uh, bathroom that you're finishing in your basement instead. So, yeah, if you did have tickets for tomorrow's game, um, if you bought it with a credit card, you'll automatically get a refund um, yeah. on that one. If you uh, bought it with cash at Haymarket, uh, you can return those tickets to the Nebraska Athletic Ticket Office to receive a refund. Um, that ticket office... 
Um, I believe probably closed on Monday, yeah. uh, but typically it's open Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Yep. Um, they'll get you taken care of right there. Yep. So that's your news on Nebraska baseball. We've got Big Red Blitz coming back, Caleb. It, it took a year off in 2020, but it's back again. Yes, it is. So uh, you're going to have 10 groups of uh, Husker coaches. They're going to make two stops each, so that's 20 stops across the state of Nebraska. The closest one here to Lincoln is in David City, but there's a big reason for that, guys. Like, the coaching staff is here. Yeah. Like, the, the coaching staff is they, they they go here. They go to Omaha. Those are the big places that they're going to stop. So they want to go across the country or across the state um, to see Cornhusker fans all all the way as far west as Scotts Bluff. You go um, up to to Shadron. Um, you can go all the way to the northeast of South Sioux City. Those are just a few. I'm just going to read off each of these towns in case folks listening here you know you know some folks and you can let them know that on um, what is it June 16th June 16th uh, the Big Red Blitz will be coming across their town. We'll get more scheduled details out there as we get those on specific times that they'll be at each one of these places uh, but the 20 towns selected for the 2021 big red blitz alliance broken bow shattering columbus david city fremont grand island hastings holdridge imperial carney lexington loop city norfolk north platte ogallala scotts bluff south sioux city valentine and west point getting out and about in the state of nebraska and a lot of those are, are pretty far off, too. So. Yeah, I've let some folks know in Loop City that they need to be hanging around there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> Imperial's way out there, too, in the, the southwest part of the state. Yeah, so if you are one of our you know long-distance listeners, get ready. Get ready to host some coaches. They're going to be uh, hitting the, the state. That, and I think that's exciting. That's always fun when the coaches can get out and about, um, whether it's the head coach, the assistant coach, a trainer, just anyone who's part of the staff you can get out and you're meeting with. Husker fans from across the state, you can hear what people's expectations are. Maybe you can answer some questions. People are just excited, and that's the part you get to June, um, which is here in just a couple of days. Get the coaches going across the state. Then all of a sudden you're into your summer camp stuff. You're getting ready for the fall season. Uh, this season's going to be here. What? It's 91 days away from Nebraska at Illinois on August 28th. 91 days. 91 days from football. We are so close. We are re- a lot closer, though, to the baseball selection show, which right. is going to be Monday. Uh, and right now, the place that Nebraska is thought to end up um, is is perhaps the West Coast. You could see Nebraska going to Gonzaga or mm-hmm. Oregon. Uh, you might see him head down to Texas with TCU or Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. You might see him head to Arkansas, but I think maybe they will avoid that. They're going to avoid the Arkansas region. I'll say that. Yeah. But, again, they're in. It's just a question of where they're going to be one of those high-level two seeds uh, and and finishing up the regular season today, finding out that destination. That shows 11 a.m. on Monday. The game's today, 11.30 pregame with 12 o'clock first pitch. Doubleheader. Right after. Doubleheader. Finishing out that regular season. So uh, if you're going to be at the ballpark today, you get to see two. Good for you. Uh, That'll do it here for us. That's Caleb. That's Kenny. I'm Cole. Go get your shot and go Big Red.